Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Craig Peters. Hey, Craig, how are you? Good, great, Bant. Good morning. Good to see you. It's great to talk to you, Craig. Uh, We're going to be talking about probably one of the uh, hottest topics right now, which is uh, the used car market. But before we get into that, you know, Craig Peters is the chief executive officer of BuyRider, which is the nation's leading buy here, pay here, used car dealership franchise that integrates vehicle sales, service, and financing to franchisees. It's, uh, it's a great space to be in right now, Craig, and I'm very excited to talk more about BuyRider. But before we get there, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Yeah, you know, it's uh, most of my career I've spent in the consumer finance business. When I came out of school, I went to work for a company called Household uh, International, eventually purchased by HSBC, really spent most of my career with them for about 18 years, moved all over the country and even spent some time overseas. So, you know, had a lot of exposure to different parts of the country, but more importantly, even exposure to a lot of different cultures outside of uh, outside of the United States. So, uh, but then I moved on to, to spend some time at Capital One through a, an acquisition. They bought our credit card business uh, and then spent some time with Barclays. And then about four and a half years ago, I joined BuyRider. And uh, really, my passion for the automotive industry really started at, at, at household initially um, when uh, I spent several years at their indirect auto finance business. So cool. um, really, the exciting thing about BuyRider is it's, it's a broader exposure for me in the, uh, in the automotive industry. You know, obviously, we have retail and service uh, in addition to doing the financing piece. So some of those elements are you know, certainly familiar to me, but some of those elements are also new. So it's been an exciting well, change. I, I imagine that you went into the used car space. You knew that you were passionate about cars and you knew it was an important, but I, my guess is that you probably had no idea that in 2022, you'd be working in the hottest industry <laughs> in America. Tell me more about what's going on with BuyRider right now. Yeah, things things have been uh, things have been really strong. I mean, obviously, like many other businesses and industries, we we were impacted as well by the pandemic. But uh, if you look back to last year in 2021, the business performed very well. There was really high demand for for uh, for used cars. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of disruption in the supply chain, and uh, uh, new cars are very difficult to get a hold of today. Um, so the used car industry has done quite well. We've been a we've been a beneficiary of that. Um, so demand's been high. The, the key challenge is really just getting inventory, right? It's, you know, everybody's out there buying used cars on the wholesale market and, uh, you know, dipping into the, the inventory that we've traditionally put on our lots. And, you know, we've, we've been able to buy cars and, you know, sell them. In fact, we, we bought just as many as we, uh, as we did in, in, uh, in 2019. And our sales uh, last year were actually uh, better than pre-pandemic as well. So uh, we've seen, you know, some nice, nice things from that. It's just the cost of the inventory has just gone up. I mean, you have two things going on, low supply, uh, and clearly uh, a lot of demand for that supply. So it's really, really driven those prices up. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think we've all seen that, uh, as I alluded to you, to you before, before the interview, I've been trying to buy a used car myself. It's just impossible to find cars these days. Uh, but, 
Uh, tell me a little bit more about how you see that market right now. I mean, it does seem like getting that supply is going to be a, a big challenge. Are there any kind of other dynamics that we see in play here? Uh, yeah, there's a few. I mean, if you really think about the automotive space, I mean, really the big challenge has been just the, the chip, you know, the chip manufacturing, you know, that that's probably the core issue on the supply chain side. Um, you know, it starts with the new cars as that supply has really dropped. Um, you've started to see non-traditional uh, people in the, in the, uh, I'll say the auction space buying, you know, either wholesale or, or used cars. So what, what we found is you, you've got new car dealers without any new cars. So they're obviously out there, two things. They're not trading, they're not taking their trades to wholesale anymore, mm -hmm. uh, which has kind of impacted the supply out there. And on top of that, they're also buying used cars at auctions to, to actually have something on their lots to sell. And that just trickles down throughout the whole industry. And, uh, you know, another, another interesting example really is on in the rental car space. They've consciously uh, held on to cars longer because if you go back during the pandemic, they sold off their fleets to, to generate some cash flow, uh, assuming that there'd be new cars for them to pick up when things settled down. And, and obviously that new car inventory is there. So, you know, what we have now is they're hanging on to cars as high as 80,000 miles. So that's also impacted wow. the supply. So, um, but, you know, outside outside of the inventory, um, you know, obviously there's still ongoing, you know, challenges with the pandemic. I mean, I think we're, we're through at least through the height of it that we went through in 2020. Uh, but this Omicron variant, I mean, is obviously spreading, um, spreading uh, aggressively. Uh, fortunately, it seems it's it's less, uh, I'll, I'll just say weaker than, than the other variants, which is at least yeah. good. But but obviously it's spreading and that has two impacts as well on us, right? Obviously a customer impact, you know, we, we're, we're financing those vehicles for our consumers or our customers. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of customers that are just, you know, they have work disruptions and, you know, if they have to quarantine and so forth. So we're working with cu customers to, to help them through that. Uh, but so, then on so, top of that, so Craig, you know, we're even seeing those bit. impacts in the office. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I do want to dig in a little bit more on the pandemic in a second, but tell me a little bit more about your operation. You guys are across the U.S. Uh, what kind of customers does BuyRider have? Yeah, so we, we, we tend to deal more in the, you know, you mentioned buy here, pay here at the beginning. We're, we're, we tend to be in more of the, the, the subprime or non-prime segment. Uh, our segment is more needs-based from a vehicle standpoint. Um, and as you mentioned, yeah, we are, we are pretty broad. We're across 30 states. You know, we've got about 140, 145 dealerships. Uh, the majority of those are franchised. Um, okay. our, you know, corporately, we own uh, 32 of those stores. So we have a decent footprint, largely in the Midwest. But yeah, we deal with that needs-based segment. And it's, it's an important segment, right? And oh, I think the pandemic highlighted, you know, a lot of our customers, um, you know, getting to work, taking care of their families. It's not necessarily, they're not necessarily looking for that, you know, brand new, you know, Land Cruiser or, uh, you know, or Corvette or sports car, right? They need a car to, to live their life. Yeah. And, uh, it's important for us to be there for them. And, you know, we've, we've worked through that through the pandemic to make sure that we, we can still provide that. And when you go back to the heat of it in 2020, I mean, the, the challenge there was, you know, public transportation shut down. Some of our customers, you know, did rely on that as well. And, I think that shifted at least for a period of time, people's views on, you know, do I need to have a vehicle or not? I think, you know, as, as public transportation or ride sharing was taking on a much larger and larger market share, at least in urban areas, mm -hmm. um, when some of that stuff gets disrupted, you know, people really don't have a means to get around. So, um, so it's important. Yeah, and for I would imagine it's interesting. I mean, if we go into the pandemic elements, I don't know this, and uh, but I would imagine that probably the pandemic drove people to their cars uh, away from right, public transportation. 
Yeah, it, I it, mean, it did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of cases they weren't available. You know, I mean, getting an Uber or, you know, a Lyft or something like that, or even just public transportation, it was shut down for a period of time. And I think people realized that that they, they can't necessarily count on that, at least in the short term. Um, so I think it did, it did kind of shift that, that you were seeing a, a pretty good shift to, you know, to different uh, sources of mobility. And I think it did, did put that on pause. I mean, I think that will resume at some point, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, as much as uh, we all love our cars that we need some of that to work or, yeah. or, or we'll end up like uh, that with that road outside of Washington, DC a couple weeks ago where oh, yeah. they, <laughs> we're sitting there for what hours and hours. Right. Yep. That's right. Uh, that's so, right. so tell me more about the pandemic. I mean, it was an interesting time from a leadership standpoint. I can only imagine the conversations you had with your teams and how to make sure that, you know, they were able to work, et cetera. Just be curious to, to hear more about how you guys tackled that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I haven't been any been through anything like this, uh, as many haven't, I guess. Most of us probably haven't. So it was, uh, you know, it was certainly... Uh, you know, certainly time to reflect on, you know, okay, what, what, what kind of organization have we been and what do we need to be going forward? The biggest thing for us, and, and I'm sure this is true for many companies, we were very intently set on, hey, we, we have to be in the office. You know, we're, we're all here in Indianapolis or north of Indianapolis is where we're based. And we've always hired locally and, and everybody in the office, we, we had very little remote work, um, at least in the head office. And, and that was probably the major shift that we had to go through, which was, um, you know, I was, I remember driving back from, I was down in Louisville meeting with family driving back on a Sunday night. And I think that was the, the, the evening that the Ohio governor basically started shutting down businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that trickled over to Indiana at some point, but anyway, I was driving up and I was like, well, we, we probably need to start getting some machines and, and getting the infrastructure set up for us to get people working from home. Yeah. Um, here in Carmel, we have, you know, a lot of our underwriting uh, team was based here, uh, a lot of our collection team to support the, you know, to support the, the portfolio. Um, having them not have a place to work obviously wasn't going to support it. So we, we flipped in about two weeks, we got all 350 folks here in Carmel, basically set up to work remotely. Um, oh, and, excellent. You know, so it was pretty quick. I think we slightly beat the curve to get the machines in on time, because uh, I think if we waited another week or two, I don't think there was much inventory left. But that was the biggest shift. And that, that was a big cultural shift for us as well. Right. I mean, we're, we're used to all being in the office and, and, and being, you know, collaborating in that fashion and, and moving to online, it, it had its challenges, but, you know, we've navigated it well. And in fact, we've kept uh, the vast majority of our organization remote at this point. Uh, oh, so wow. Do you think that's something down, that you know? you're going to maintain, or is that something that you think will evolve back to kind of a different structure Hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood somewhere here, Craig, yeah. when this when this Omicron thing uh, starts to fade. Yeah, I think for certain groups, uh, a lot of our, uh, uh, you know, whether it's call center teams or our underwriting teams, I mean, they, they weren't sitting in the stores anyway. Um, so I think keeping those teams remote, I think, is, is probably helpful. We've seen very low attrition. Um, you know, it's amazing when you take a 30 to 45 minute, you know, one way commute out, how, how important it is to people to spend more time with family. So we've seen very low attrition and the effectiveness and, and the efficiency of our, uh, of our um, associates has been great. So yeah, well, gonna, I, I, I got to imagine, as I said, I think it's one of the hottest businesses to be in right now. So yeah. I imagine other people are moving into your, you know, probably want, want jobs with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with that in mind, I mean, looking forward into 2022, what are your thoughts uh, for this year and how this, how this year will pan out for you guys? 
Yeah, I, I think it'll be another good year. I mean, we, you know, I think demand's still high. Um, you know, we're, we're getting ready to head into tax season, which is usually pretty busy for not only us, but generally for the automotive. People use some of those refund dollars to, to, to get a new car or a used car. Um, so I think demand's going to remain high. I think the supply challenges are going to continue. I think until until these this new car supply starts to return uh, in a big way, I don't think we're going to see pressure. Um, you know, I'll I'll just say um, you know a more normalized um, used car market as far as us being able to acquire inventory for you know for lower prices. I think it'll start to head that way later in the year, um, and that's that's kind of how we're, we viewed and looked looked at our plan going forward but i do think 22 will be a, a will be a good year for the industry as well um i just you know my 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 expectation is throughout this year we'll start to see the the new car inventory start to pick back up again i think yeah. what will be interesting to see uh actually is going to be what what happens when you have i mean we could see a scenario here where you have 2021 model years 2022 model years and then later in the year potentially 23 wow. model years all hitting uh, around the same time. So it'll be interesting to see how the manufacturers and the new car dealers approach that, you know, through incentives you, or, or so, so forth. So are, are you predicting that there'll be a shift in the kind of supply chain structure for the chip manufacturing? I mean, if anything, this is just exposed to huge supply chain weakness or anomaly, right? Uh, that needs yep. to, I would imagine it, it needs to get addressed somehow. Yeah, I, th I think it's been addressed somewhat. Um, you know, I, I do think the existing uh, manufacturing plants are, are starting to get back online. So we're starting okay. to see a lot more reports about that, that supply starting to get replenished and hopefully they'll work out, you know, obviously the, the chips coming from overseas, getting those, um, you know, not only produced, but then <laughs> getting them actually shipped here and, and you know, yeah. in, in the, you know, in, in use. But but I do think during the pandemic, a lot there was a lot of investment going on on, on building out some of that capacity. Um, it just mm -hmm. takes a long time for those to get online. So we're starting to reach that point where some of those manufacturing investments are probably going to reach, you know, production here pretty soon. So um, I think we'll, we, we, we won't be, you know, um, completely not reliant on these overseas uh, plants, but at least we'll have some production, I think, in, in areas where we can rely on a little bit. More. Let me ask you a question. It might be a little bit further out for you guys for the used car market, but I'm just curious. You know, I went to look at purchasing a car, and, and I think the way that the, the dealerships are starting to play this right now is they're saying, oh, well, we're waiting. We're waiting for the new the new cars and the new cars uh, they're kind of talking about are really these electric vehicles that they're kind of trying to highlight. And I'm curious to see how you guys think about electric in the used car market. Is that, I imagine it's still too early, but I'm just curious how that's starting to kind of take shape. Yeah, no, it, it'll definitely filter down. Um, you know, I, I would say just, you know, we're, we're still, um, the cars that we typically have are, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old. Um, yeah. So it'll take some time to, to impact us directly, but it, it is definitely flowing through the used car space. Uh, and, you know, for us mainly, you know, I, I think certainly in a few years from now, we're, we're, we'll definitely start seeing that being a, a larger portion of what we we go out and buy in, in stock. So that'll require obviously some upskilling and some training for for our technicians and uh yeah. but, well, yeah, but I, right, I just, right now i imagine the focus craig is just managing the surge as as much as possible craig if somebody wanted to learn more about what you guys are up to at byrider where where should they find you uh they can certainly go to our website byrider.com we also have a, a franchising site that they they can find out about about franchising uh, happy to share that information with you and we can we can put put those up on uh, on the podcast for you
Perfect. Perfect. Well, listen, Craig, thank you so much for being on Uncaged today. We've been speaking with Craig Peters. He's the chief executive officer of ByRider. Uh, ByRider is the nation's leading buy here, pay here, used car dealership franchise that integrates vehicle sales, service, and financing to franchisees. And I mean, um, as I've said, it seems to be an industry that you'll read many, many articles about right now. Yeah. Uh, and Craig, I'm, I'm really impressed to hear about the Buy Rider story. Thank you so much for being on Uncaged today. Yeah, thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Take Cheers. care. Yep, bye.